All right, everyone, Thursday night, time for Hasidus. Hop right back in where we left off last week. I just want to dedicate tonight's class to two individuals. One is Dr. Zev Zelenko, passed away today. A giant of a man, a man dedicated to helping people with an enormous selfless devotion, saved the lives of countless, countless people. Um, I probably benefited from him as well when I got COVID two times and um, I followed his protocol and nipped it in the bud. That's what he kept on screaming and saying, you've got to nip it in the bud. And thank God, Baruch Hashem, I'm okay, my wife's okay, all of us, and I think thousands of other people. So very tragically... Dr. Zelenko passed away just a few hours ago. So may this class be the schus, his awesome neshama, to carry him to the greatest heights and let him storm the heavens as he stormed the world with the minds and hearts of so many people. Let him storm up there to bring the end of all darkness and all pain and all suffering and bring healing to all of it, all of creation, all of the world. His name as I saw today, we were davening for him. Also, was um, Vel, uh, Wolf, Velvel, Zev, right? Velvel, Zev, Ben Aaron. Zev, Ben Aaron, but Zev and Wolf is the same name. Um, may this be the holy neshama. And another giant of a man who's been helping people during COVID enormously, our very dear friend of mine, Yisrael, who lost, tragically, it's very, very shocking, and I don't know the connections. I'm not going to try to attempt to try to figure this out, but um, it, it wasn't, the, it was the uh, Dr. Grodin, our dear friend, Dr. Yassi Grodin, um, whose son passed away suddenly, a young man of 29, who his mother tells me used to listen to our classes a lot. Passed away last week, I think Wednesday, a week ago, a little over a week. And may this be for his special neshama, Shneir Zalman, Ben Yosef Moshe, for great alias neshama for him as well. Two, two courageous people, helping people, doing whatever it can, whatever they can, nonstop. I mean, in this case, father of Schneer. And in this case, Dr. Zev Zelenko himself, may Hashem help already, put an end to all darkness and pain and suffering. We should see already the complete redemption. Chaim. Now let's learn. Um, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. We're learning about the Tchelas. I have to make an admission that since last week, I didn't really look at the discourse. I should have. I don't like teaching without preparation, but I did a a short, an a inspirational talk to a group of people before. Took a lot out of me, and um, another class today earlier. So there's a lot going on now. We're doing the big Shabbaton to Shabbos. So I was a little out of it. I hope with Hashem's help, we're going to learn and we're going to we're going to understand what we're learning. So last week we were learning the idea of what the tzitzis are, and just to make it very short. We were learning that the 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 the, the whole idea of the fringes, the tzitzis at the end of the talus, 
is that in the place where there is free will and separation and a state of uh, independence from God, we should use that independence to be subservient to him and not use that independence to disconnect from him. God wants us to choose to serve him. So he has to give us a space so that we can choose to serve him and it won't be just mechanical. It won't just be robotically. If God didn't, if God allows the lights on, perfect lights on as they are, then we are him, then of course we're doing his will. So he has to create kind of that situation where we are independent. And that's where creation begins and it's all a derivative, all is a, a consequence of the attribute of Malchut, which Malchus gives us space. Malchus projects us to be in our consciousness outside of God. And Malchus is seen as a garment. And as a garment, because it's a concealment on God. The four corners of the garment represent the actual beginnings of the creation. As we know that the, the primary beings that a God creates initially are in four, 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 um, let's say four seeds through which all of creation emerges from four corresponding to the four letters of God's name, but comes out as four primary, the angel uh, uh, Michael, uh, Michael and the angel Gabriel, 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 and so on and so forth. There are four of them, or the face of the ox, the face, the face of the ox, the face of the lion, and the face of the eagle, and the face of the man. These are the four primary creations. That's already creation. Once you're dealing with creation, you're dealing already with separation, with free choice. We want that that free choice should not be a free choice, God forbid, of rebellion, but a free choice of submission, Tasha. For that reason, we go into the Talit, the four corners of the Talis, where creation begins, and we drill a hole in there, and we allow for godliness to penetrate and to pull us back. As God lets us out, we don't want him to let us out completely, but to hold us still with some kind of a leash. It's a spiritual leash that we have that we don't, run off and become, like I discussed last week, and Malchus is called also the wife. This mimer, he's talking that the concept of the tzitzis is like to create, um, God creates us as his wife. He doesn't want us, that once he separated the rib from himself, that the rib goes ahead and finds itself another partner, other than from where the rib came from. We are coming from God. We should remain loyal to God. As the verses continue, do not go astray after your heart, and in your mind, you're going to be seeking and looking, finding other entertainments other than me, God says. I disconnected you just that you can come back and get married to me through your choice. Like a lot of that happened this week in a masterful way. I didn't even, I spoke about one, but I didn't speak at the other. Two Supreme Court, the world is becoming messianic. I'm not, I'm not messianic, wrong word. The world is entering into the Mashiach state of existence, into Mashiach consciousness which is a world that chose its way, its way to unify with God. And that has to affect billions of people, not just you know, a few people that are God conscious. No, the whole world. So what we saw now regarding the United States of America is two powerful uh, decisions of the Supreme Court, both of them regarding free choice. And there was a question whether a person can pray on a, in a public school. A coach is allowed to do a public prayer. Um, he's not. He's doing his own private prayer, but he's doing it in public. But if he, if he has, if he has a right to do his public, his private prayer in public, because, or do we say that since you're on public property, you're in a school, you're in a, so on and so forth, you can't 
you know, um, that would be a inter- interference with uh, the um, separation of church and state, of, of, of religion and state. But he's not preaching or talking. He's just doing his own thing. So they, the Supreme Court, um, what's it called again, um, declared that a person is allowed to do that. And then there was another decision when they reversed Roe versus Way, which means, again, a question on free, on free expression. But do you have a free expression to commit an, abur- uh, an abortion? Do you have a right to do that from the, from the federal government? And that they said, there's no constitutional right to that. Let the, let the states decide. So what's interesting over here is the choice over here is now we know that the ending a life of a fetus is considered considered murder according to God's will. Because God's will is discussed in the Torah. So if the life of the mother is concerned, it's a different story. But if it's not the life of the mother, which is 95% of all abortions, so that's against the will of God. So you're using your free choice to go against the will of God. So there and here and, 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 and so here there was a question regarding your free choice. Are you free to pray? And are you free to, to snuff out the life of a, of a fetus? Again, I'm talking in a case where it's not a not permitted according to Torah. So what has been the, what, 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 what was the they reversed everything. It used to be kind of this you're allowed to, but to choose your connection to God and pray to God publicly that you can't. And here, the free choice was flipped over. You're free to display your, your connection to, to Hashem. And you're not, you don't have a, a constitutional right to do that. Let your own states decide. So there was something very powerful regarding exactly what we're talking about. When God gives us the liberty to be free, even though he's giving us two choices, the intention is to choose to serve him, not to choose, God forbid, to rebel against him. And as I mentioned in the class that I gave in a short class this week, hello, as I mentioned in a short class that I gave this week, that um, that demonstration of free will uh, is probably going to be the state of existence after Mashiach comes. Now we define, that means after the resurrection and the ultimate state of Shabbos, the ultimate state of unity with God, we won't have free choice at all because we will have chosen our way into oneness. And once we're one, then we are automatically godly. We have kind of voluntarily um, given up our free choice. That's going to be the most amazing state where we have already, we have chosen to go beyond choice and to be one with him. Then there is free choice on the other extreme. There is free choice as it is now. God gives space for humans, and sadly, so much of the choice can be choosing not to live the godly. But that's not the point. The point is that he's giving us space so that we can choose to choose him, to live by his, to be attached to him. But the fact that he needs to give us, in order to give us the ability to choose him, there also has to be the opposite ability. That's the way free choice has been for thousands of years. Mashiach is going to be this interim period, this kind of a middle period between the two, where we are going to have just enough free choice that we can choose to do a mitzvah, that the mitzvah is still considered ours. But not free choice, because not that God, nothing, not that there will be, you know, some somebody, some policeman standing there not allowing us uh, to choose to sin. That's not the point. 
but it's going to be so evidently godly everywhere that it will be like ridiculous. Not that it won't be possible, but it will be ridiculous to sin. It will be so compelling. God's truth, God's truth, and that a separation from Him is death. A separation to Him of Him is separating from life. That no one will do it, unless someone wants to be super stubborn, and then He can override that and yet choose. Okay, but that's going to be very rare. So therefore, sin is going to be very rare. Like we had, we had a whole discussion of people are still going to defer. Shavuos by night, I didn't do this live because it was on the holiday. So we had a whole discussion. If there will be death after Mashiach comes, we were talking that there is a possibility for people to still sin after Mashiach comes. But that's only until the time of the resurrection, until the time of the ultimate connection, where then we're already beyond even that ability. So this is the concept we spoke about, the tzitzis. Now, the tzitzis emphasizes that, that the tzitzis are not just fringes of consciousness that enter into the four corners, the point of the, the places of separation and bring us back. It's not just the consciousness that flows there. We'll soon see that tzitzis is the consciousness that flows there. But the main point of the tzitzis is, is that the, that which is separated should, should reattach itself and reattaching to God means to be surrendered to him. Now, when you surrender something to fire, then that thing gets burnt up by the fire. But in its burning up by the fire, you see the fire has a black fire or a dark blue fire at the bottom. That dark blue fire is called is is the it's called tichla. Nahira tichla. The Zohar uses the term of burning. Why is fire very bright on the top? There's a few different colors in a flame. The Mitlo Rebbe speaks, I think, of five colors in the flame. Isn't that amazing? Like five colors. But just in as a brief look, there's the dark side of the fire, which is right above the wick, and there's the brightness. So last week we discussed the dark part of the fire is what? The reason why it's dark is because the bottom of the fire is where the wick is being burnt into the fire, where the wick is being converted into fire. Since it's coming from something foreign, it's dark. The bright part of the fire is just a pure fire. So malchut, that's the place where there is a meeting of the creations and the creator. That's the friction in our lives. Where we, on the one hand, we have, we have a sense of the divine. We have a sense of purpose. We have a sense of, of, of higher, higher living. But on the other hand, we feel our independence. And sometimes we just want to do you know, whatever our heart desire wants. That's the friction. So, and when we surrender ourselves and allow God kind of to, to overtake us, so that's like the concept of the tzitzis, of the blue of the blue string in the tzitzis. It's that dissolving and surrender of something that's independent, something that's a somebody, and it's surrendering to God. That's the tzitzis. And that's why we learned last week. I was telling you the whole thing how we see that the tzitzis save people from sin. It's supposed to because that's the whole point. You're independent, but but I'm keeping you on a leash. Don't go too off. Stay stay connected. That's the, the blue, we should look at the blue string as like the leash that God holds us with the tzitzis. Isn't that cool? Don't forget to go out with your leash. That's the new line. Ach, now we go to base. In order to have such a situation where you have a yesh, you have a yesh means you have a, a being that feels itself very much like a being. I can give you the safer if you want. It, it's over there. So take a look with the Torah. I'll, 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 take a look with the Torah. Just open up to 90, page 90. And that's where you have it. 
the big, the big Lukuti Torah, the, 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 the thick one over there. And go to page 90. On one, on one side it should say Mem Vav, and the other side it should say 90, Pasha Shlach. You have it? Okay. So base, in order that you should have a yesh, a somebody, and that somebody should be nullified, that's the tricky one. To be so conscious of God that you don't exist, okay, that's just a higher consciousness. Then, 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 you're, then you're a tzaddik, then you're naturally a tzaddik, you're naturally a righteous individual. You're subsumed by, God, by God's being. To be us, and that's not a big deal that much because there's no struggle there. To be a somebody that has forgotten about God is also not a struggle. If you're a somebody, then you do, then then you feel yourself and you're doing whatever you want. So that's already, you know. But to be a someone with an ego, with a self, with an independent mind and heart and feelings and wants and desires, and therefore you can feel that you want to create your own agenda for your life and your own aspect, and yet you align yourself with God. And you surrender yourself. That's a tough one. That's tricky. It's not easy to 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 to, to live in that in that space. yes, you should be somebody. But that's the point of satisfaction. That's where God derives pleasure. yes, that you should be somebody. bottle and be nevertheless surrendered. So that we said that's what Malchus does. That's what the blue thread thread of Malchus. It's burning. It consumes. But the power to have that has to come from much higher than Malchut. Because the main energy what Malchus does is the king, the kingship calls for subjects. So Malchus gives us independence. Malchus separates us from God. That's the power of Malchus on its own. The fact that Malchus should re-engage after it creates us to be independent and and then and then um Assert itself, assert itself onto the creations so that the creation should surrender. That power is not coming from the Malchut itself. It's coming from much higher up. It's actually coming from the highest attribute, the attribute of Chachma. Because Chachma itself, which is the high, which is the, the attribute that is the most melted into God's truth. Chachma means Chachma, the power of what? Chachma is identityless. In Chachma, the pristine sharpness of God's um, exclusivity, that he is and there is none but him, and there can't be anything but God. Chachma is the experience of that truth, that there's none but God, in the sharpest way, not even a way of comprehending it. Comprehending is already something. You are somebody who is comprehending. It's just the experience of it, and it's purest experience that God is and there's none but him. So since Chachma is such sharp bittle, from Chachma, there can be a little trickle, a little, a little flow of energy flowing from Chachma down into Malchut that it, it can instill this nullification even in a place that's very, very coarse and very self-aware. Very, 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 very much a somebody, which is the opposite of Chachma. If you're still attached to Chachma, Chachma can give you a, Chachma can deliver bittel nullification, humility, even in a place of ego. That's what he's saying. 
is in order that there should be a yash ubatu whom abba it comes from the level of father. Chachma is called father. And where do we see that there is a relationship between Chachma, which is utter nullification, and Malchus, which is something that's nullified? Ki Abba Yosad Brata, because the father is the foundation for the daughter. In the in the in the spirit in the in the in the nucleus uh, in the nuclear family, father, mother, son, and daughter of Atzilut of the of the spiritual, and obviously it has ramifications in our families as well because we derive from there. Um, the Chachma is called father, and the Bina is called mother, and the six emotions are called son, and Malchut is called daughter. When we say father, is connected to daughter. Chachma, which is the highest, and Malchus, which is the lowest, are. So much so that Malchus sometimes is called Chachma Tata, the lower Chachma, because she's so saturated with the lights of Chachma. Chachma and Malchus have a connection. And that's why we also say, Yim ein Chachma, ein Yira. If there is no, the sages say in, in chapters of the fathers, which we study in, in this time of the year, in ethics of the fathers, the sages say a verse like this, if there is no wisdom, there is no fear. Now, what, is the, what does that mean? Wisdom is chachma. Fear is, is this surrender of ego. That's what the fear is. We're talking about simple fear means that when God says no, it's no. I don't say, I dismiss what God says, I'm doing, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm talking about the simple fear, simple obedience. So in order for a person to have that simple obedience, notwithstanding the fact that we have inflated egos and, and, and therefore feel so like my life and my world and I do with it what I want, it's my body and I can, whatever, all that, all that silly, silliness. Um, 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 how, do we, how do we overcome that? How do we instill the fear? We do have temptation. We do have all this. And the answer is, you got to connect to your deepest point of your soul. And that's what we do through prayer, through mitzvot and the like. We open up our soul on a level where our soul is so overwhelmed by God's truth, the deepest point of our soul, that our soul is, is not. And we have to connect. Now, usually that's our highest point in our soul, which is above our consciousness. So the point over here is when you open you have to, we have to make an effort and work on it to allow that deeper, higher, godlier self and to, 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 to open up a window to that place and allow some of that light to shine in to the more, to the more earthier parts of ourselves, all the way down to the part of self where we don't feel Hashem at all when we, the part of ourselves that is wants to be rebellious and separated and so on and so forth. Kind of. It's almost like we have to connect our Yom Kippur self to our regular Tuesday in the middle of the year self. Right? If you have to take extend Yom Kippur to July 4th to Independence Day. That's why it's a good day. And we want to make Independence Day, everyday independence, independence from God, God forbid. So we want to take, no, that Yom Kippur, that which is the purest level of I don't even exist. God is so real. And, and, and open up a channel between these two points, between the Independence Day barbecue. <laughs> we have our Independence Day. You're out there and what? And, 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 and barbecuing hot dogs and burgers and whatever it is. And you're in that state of consciousness. And what's in your mind is Independence Day. And you got to realize Independence Day is very special. 
But we're going to use the independence so that you can choose to serve God. That's what you should use the independence. Say, wow, look at an amazing thing America is a free country. I can do what? I can pray. I can do mitzvahs. That's the that's what I should feel the freedom of America. Not God forbid I can do whatever I want, I can sin. I have a right to do whatever I want. I, 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 thank God we have independence to serve him. If there's no chachma, ain't yira, there's no fear. Ki malchus nikra yira. Malchus is called fear. Yira tata, the lower fear. Visharsha, and what's her root? She is rooted, mechachmi Allah, and the higher chachma. Vetcheles. Now, again, we said earlier that the, the, the main part of the tzitzis that has that intensity to subdue an ego and to burn it up in God that that is in the blue in the blueness the blue represents the fire that's consuming that's 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 the, in a sense destroying the the entity and the yeah. and therefore but in origin even though the trailer shows up in the malchut element where does it come from is is a flow from the gavura element, from the intensity of Chachma. Chachma itself has all the ten spherot in it. Chachma in general is a state of complete nullification to God. The gavura element of it is to is, I guess, that intensity of that nullification, which has the ability to, to deliver a sense of bittel even into somebody who's so so egotistical. Or even in a space of ourself where we're so egotistical. He's actually saying the reason why it's Gevura is not so much based on its that it has an aggressive nature, that it that it wants to, it's so intense that it wants to. It it, 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 it it wants to campaign or for 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 nullification for surrender that's not the that's not the point the reason why it's gavura is because chachma is so powerfully high it is so so lofty so nullified and for it to be able to lower itself down and to communicate its nullification even to a place that's so coarse it has to contract itself. That's the, that's why it's it's tzimtzum. It has to dilute itself by a major a major contraction, because on its own, in other words, it's almost like a person who says that you know this this individual they're so they're so disconnected they're so far I don't even want to talk to them. So you say, but you know what? If you talk to them, you can have an influence on them. You can bring them to, you know, to, even they might not, you know, be willing to keep Judaism completely and all the mitzvot and so on. But you can get them to do one mitzvah. You say, no, no, no. And other words, because the person is so religious and they're so um, observant and they're so, let's say it's it, re- it really is a true sense of, of observance. They're, they're, ser- they're really subservient and they really, their entire identity is to serve God. They're very, very devout. But because they're so devout, they can't handle that you'll that will that will shear some of that sensitivity to a place where there is 
a rejection of, the, of, of, of God, a rejection of mitzvot, and get that person to do a little mitzvah, and let's put a little crumb of, of godliness into that place. They don't want to work there. It, by them, it's all or nothing. That means they're lacking the gevura element of their chachma. They have chachma, they have bitul, but they're lacking the gevura element, in other words, to dilute and take one little piece and deliver it to a place and to share it. And maybe you can bring a little of your fear of God into in someone else that they should also have a, a little sense of the divine and therefore be willing to, to, to add a little bit of more compliance in their life to a higher authority. So our people are not willing to do that because they don't have the gvura. The techeles is the gvura of the chachma. That's what he's saying. Kizeropchen is gvura v'tzimtzum. It is a huge gvura and a tzimtzum. It's a might. It's a restraint. Liyasam shachazu b'pchenas yash. To deliver a little bit of bittel even into, into a place where there's such coarseness. Liyasham nimshach gam kein b'chenas bittel. That they should be drawn even into the somethingness bittel. Meaning to say, in order to, to lower down and to draw the, the power of nullification. Even below, even in a lowly place, where there is already somethingness. This is the power of Gevura. Like it says in the in the discourse of the Siddur, I mean, this, this means you're a Siddur of Chasidus. And the Mimer, the explanation of the Mimer Kerl Doidi, over there it says also, which is in Song of Songs, in order to draw down something into a vessel, an energy to go into a vessel, you always have to bring, you have to lower it. And lowering something down always causes a certain type of a condensation and 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 sometimes diluting something, but that's the only way. Uh, that's a type of gavura. But what kind of gavura is it? It's not. It's there's two types of gavura. There's a gavura where, um, which is which means judgment, and judgment means harshness. In other words, more like a, a rejection of you. I'm judging you. I'm rejecting you. This is not that. This is a closeness, but. It's the gavura on the sense that you have to you have to you have to restrain yourself in order to be able to. It's all about giving, but you it, it's a it's a giving through restraint, and that's what he says over here. This is an element of gavura. It's not God forbid judgment. It's quite the contrary. It's a giving. It's a real kindness, but. It's 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 it has the element of restraint. To draw to to bring down oiz oiz is gavura lemalkoi to his king, which is referring to giving strength to Mashiach. Actually, it uses the term oiz strength lemalchos. He's giving you a few places to look where this thing is, where this idea is discussed. Well, now since Tcheles, the, the, the blue part of the tzitzis is the most intense part of the tzitzis. Because that's indicating, as we spoke before, the dark fire, which burns that which is, that which is separated and surrenders it to God. 
As and we learned now that that ability to do that is coming from a very high place. The white part of the tzitzis. Now, if you look at tzitzis, only one string is of blue. All the other strings are white. So, what are they coming? What's the source of the white part of the tzitzis? The white part of the tzitzis is coming from the mother. Um, the, the blue part of the tzitzis comes from chachma, which is called father. The white part of the tzitzis is coming from the bina element. It's also a divine revelation. It's a revelation of godliness, but one that's more, it's not as, as intense that brings about such a nullification and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a it's not so gavuridic. The fishet chelis moichin the abba, the lovon and the white part of the tzitzis. Moichin the ema is the mochin, it's coming from the mother element, from bina. And therefore, in our days, ain't chelas. We had a discussion last week. I was telling you that it is our custom that we don't wear the blue today. Now, for thousands of years, we, we didn't wear the blue element. We didn't dye one string blue with that unique type of blue because we just didn't have it. During the exile, we didn't have it. But in recent years, there are those who claim they did do testing and they have the original blue. And therefore, we would think we should put it back on. And some people really do. Yes, in Breslov, Hasidim all wear it. And other people who wear the blue string. But in Chabad, we have a tradition that we don't wear it until Mashiach comes. Until Mashiach is, I guess, I'll say even, until Mashiach is fully revealed. We'll start wearing the trailers. Um, so the Alter Rebbe says, the reason we don't have the trailers, because tchelas is the blue, the blue of the tzitzis is higher than the white of the tzitzis. It this is coming from chachma, and that's coming from bina, and chachma is way, way higher than bina. It doesn't have the ability to descend during the time of exile. That means during the time of exile, the world is not is not a is not a vessel for such for such a lofty light. So we 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 have tzitzis, but we only have the the the, the lesser part of the tzitzis, the tzitzis, which is a revelation of the divine light, but the divine light coming from bina, not from chachma. And this is the concept of chachma. Chachma b'roish, chachma b'soif. That's why I told you earlier that Malchus is called Chachma too, Chachma Tata. This is this idea. That the Chachma that's on the higher than all the Sephirot, where does it appear? The self in the end of the Sephirot. In Malchus, we find that Chachma. More than in all the middle Sephirot. Because in Atzilus, we discussed earlier, you don't need such an intense revelation of Chachma because this, anyways, everything is bottled. Where do you need to deliver that Chachma in? Dafka, in the end of Atzilus, where the creation begins, where there's separation. And over there, you need to intensify the Chachma. The idea that the father gives to the daughter, to Malchus. Because the Ein Sof, the idea is as follows. The reason why Chachma is so special because Chachma is the, is, is the only Kali, as explained by the Holy Mizritcher Magid. That Chachma is the only vessel that can directly interact with the infinite light, with the Orient Sof. Why? 
Because in order to accept, to be a vessel, to be a recipient of the infinite light, the, infin- the infinite cannot dwell where there is somethingness. Because the very fact that you're something is already declaring that the infinite, that, that the infinite is not really infinite. Because if the infinite is infinite, then it's everything and everywhere, and including you. And if you still have a you, then you're yourself by the very sense of self. Wherever that self sense that self is felt, that place is not melting in the in in, in, in the infinite. So the infinite is then then you're not really experiencing the infinite because the infinite is not infinite if it's not everywhere. Real infinity means no boundaries. That it's everywhere in it. So as long as there is still a space that could be called not. That means that even when you think you're feeling the infinite, it's not really the infinite, because then you would then you would dissolve. Dissolve, I mean, one's ego would dissolve. So therefore, and therefore, the only vessel to receive the infinite is something that is willing to be completely not, and that's chachma. Chachma is not. Bina is trying to hold on to. I want to experience, but I want to understand the infinite. Ah, I want to understand. There is an I over there. In chachma, there's no I. So therefore, the only one. Who can directly interact with the infinite is Chachma. Once it comes into the vessel of Chachma, Chachma can drip, 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 even into Bina, that some of that in understanding of the infinite light could could make its way into the realm of understanding, even though over there there's a there's a little bit of self. Because Chachma is the epitome of Bittal. So really, if you trace it up even higher, Atzilus is still a world. And the Chachma of Atzilus, even though we call that Chachma total nullification, that's from the perspective of Atzilus. From a perspective of higher than Atzilus, Chachma is also considered something. So the real, real Chachma is the Chachma of primordial man called Adam Kadma. It's the Chachma of Keter. Chachma all the way up, 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 up. In primordial man, on the highest levels of Adam Kadma, in the Chachma of Adam Kadma, that's where the true orange self, the light that's before the Tzimtzum, can manifest. But once the Chachma in, is enclosed in the, I'm sorry, once the Orin Sof is enclosed in the Chachma of Adam Kadmon, the Adam Kadmon mislabish b'chachma datzilus. That serves already as a, as a, as a mediator, so to speak, to bring, once it's in that subtle, 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 subtle container of the Chachma of primordial man, from there it can come down into the Chachma of Atzilus. The Chachma yilau b'chinas bitl mamish. So once Chachma receives Orin Sof, and how can it receive it? Complete Bittal. Literally but Meaning not a somebody that's nullified. There's just nobody there. It's just, it's, it's, its entire identity is that it experiences that there's none other than God. That, that's all it has. That's its identity. That it experiences that there's nothing other than God. So what's the it? The experience that there's nothing other than God. Venachnu Mo. Like, who lived in this consciousness? Moshe. Moshe says, I am what? This week in the Parsha, he's telling Korach, you're fighting against God. We are what? Me and Aaron. Chachma is still called Ayin, nothingness. But Ubina, yes. Bina is already something. Chachma is so nullified, that's why Chachma is considered a spring. A spring, you don't really, a spring doesn't draw attention to itself. 
a river draws attention to itself. Bina is already a river. It's already something. Yisrachos, and in the human in the human experience, Chachma is still the 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 place where you know creative the creative mind. And over there, you're not really aware of yourself at all when that happens. It's just like this. It's just it it is happening, but you're not conscious of self. And self consciousness is actually a real contradiction to creativity. Because you're aware of self, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't come. The new light doesn't come. New light comes when you're when when you're not when you're not in yourself. When you're like open, and that's when there is a new revelation. So, um, but bina is already is already is is already a state of expansion of das of knowledge vasagan understanding. In the depth of the grasping of in the very deepest point of the noon of of a of touching a new idea. Over there is a state of concealment. There's darkness. There isn't yet. You say, what do you know? I don't know anything yet. I'm just lost. I just, but, I, but I sent something. But over there, and that's called, that level of Chachma is called Eden. What does it mean? We know that the river, it states in, 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 in Genesis, in Beratius, the river goes out from Eden and it flows to the garden. So the river is the Bina. But what's the Aden? Aden is this unknowable place. That's the source of all pleasure. Makoira tining, the source of delight. What does it mean? It's the source of delight. If it's Chachma, what does that mean? Because we see in ourselves experiencing new concepts and, and rich new ideas is very pleasurable. But you don't really sense the pleasure until it goes into, the, into your Bina, until you really grasp something. When it's still initially coming out, it, it it it's far more potent to pleasure, but you're not you, you don't you, it's not so revealed in you. It's not so revealed because the con the concept the, the light that's now emanating still hovering above. So the pleasure that comes along with it is also not revealed. But when you integrate it into somethingness, but in order for you to grasp it, it has to become something. Once it's something, then the pleasure is more revealed. That's why bina bina is a place of pleasure. Chachma is the pre-pleasure, but it's the source of the pleasure. There isn't yet an experience of pleasure. When the Chachma becomes revealed in a fixed, definitive type of understanding, which is what happens in Bina, like the verse says, to give to those who love me, the reward that God gives to the souls, is that he gives them something, yesh. That means he gives them a, an experience of bina in godliness. And that's called Nikra Gan Eden Elgin. And that's the supernal Garden of Eden, where the souls enjoy godliness to have this incredible understanding. But they have to digest something. And it comes in their understanding. And that's where the pleasure is. So Chachma, however, is pre, pre-pleasure because it's total bitum. It's total notification. Now, where else does the he's coming here to explain the concept that there's chachma in the beginning and chachma in the end? Where else is there bittel? So once you're understanding, there's no bittel there. Quite on the contrary, it's there is there is there is the excitement and the and the and the and the and the and the sense of of I'm understanding, and the same is with the emotions that follow. Emotions are the excitement of self, so the emotions are again a self. Where does the bittel come in again? When we go lower and we get to action. 
as he explains. Malchus and Malchus, Malchus is the lower Chach. Because in Malchus there is what? In Malchus there is creation. There is something. Malchus is already this much lower stage of existence that supports separate existence, separate life. And yet, yet, Malchus is the king commands and the subjects listen. So in our Malchus experience means when we left the deep understanding, when we're, go, let's say, in our own lives, how do you, what does it mean Chachma and Malchus? Chachma is when you're in the midst of deep, deep, deep meditative prayer. You're in a state of, wow, that's your Chachma's permission. And a few hours later, you know, prayer is over, you learned, you studied, you did, you did that, now you sit down to, 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 you know, to eat breakfast, you're eating, you go out into the, into the day, you go out into the world. Now, you're back to self. And, you, and suddenly you have a strong sense of your own being. And at times even, the sense of your own being isn't necessarily too, too, too enthralled with what, what God has in mind for you today, but rather you're thinking about what, what, what I myself might enjoy, what, what, I, what I enjoy, what, what I like, what would make me happy, what will make me satisfied, what will make... So now it starts, so now the person is in a state of disconnect. So now your relation, doesn't mean you're in an unholy state, you're still under the malchut because because push comes to shove, you know that you can't violate any of the commandments. God is still your boss. So now you're not in the state where God is the only reality. No, you are. But you're under the authority of God. That's the malchut state. And here is what, what shows up over here. Here, it's all about what? Not about inspiration right now. It's not about, here it's about if right now, in the midst of whatever you're doing, you have an opportunity, God forbid, to do the right thing or the wrong thing, to cheat in, in, in a business deal or something, to say a little lie or something, to be a little dishonest or whatever it is, that opportunity comes to you. Being honest or dishonest, this or that, and you know, and the only reason you're refraining and not is because of because Hashem, because of the mitzvah, because of the commandment. So there is where the bittle kicks in. Here's where you gotta say to yourself, No, I am not God is. So it's the same experience like Chachma. It's just that by Chachma experience, you're not completely. And here you're you're taking your ego and self and bending it fashion. So Vanach as he explains, you know what? Only God. Um, um, Malchus is in the end of davening. You're already running. You're already done with davening. You're done. You're thinking already about you know breakfast or whatever is next. The kiddush and show. You're finished. You're already into the next phase. And now what do you do? You're saying aleinu. And what do you say about it? I bend. I'm yielding and bending myself to God, as he says. I kneel and bow down. And then we say not only regarding ourselves, but regarding all of creation. And the, and the hosts of heaven, bow to you. So what does that mean? 
there is a somebody there who is nullifying themselves and surrendering themselves. As opposed to the Chachma, where there is no one there, it's just the experience of Enod Novada. And now this state, Malchut, the state of having ego and having self, and yet and yet surrendering yourself to Hashem, that's called the blue fire, and that's what the woman is. To God, we are Hashem's wife. Hashem's wife means we're independent, and yet we belong to Him. We do his will. The sages say, what's a good wife? She, 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 she wants to satisfy her husband's desire. Venikra Isha. And what's Isha? Esh Hey. The Esh of the Hey. So what is that? Where do you, so he's going to give a little more Kabbalistic meaning. Isha Hey means, the Arhei might, what's the Hey in the word Isha, the Esh Hey? Because Malchut, is that the latter hay of God's name is Malchus. The Yud is Chachma, the hay is Bina, the Vav is the six emotions, and the latter hay is the Malchus. And why is it called hay? What's the relationship of hay to Malchus? Because Hashem creates the world with Malchus is the power of God's speech. And speech has five, five, five organs of speech. The letters of speech come out through five different organs. The lips, the tongue, the teeth, the palate, and the throat. These are the five powers of the mouth to say letters. And that's why hey, which is the number five, is referring to speech. Also, when you say the letter hey, it's the letter that has the least movement of any of the organs. Hey is just breath. That's the hey. And what's the substance of all letters? Of all sound and all letters, breath. So therefore, because the hay represents all the all the channel, all the all the um, aspects, all the organs of speech that create the letters, and the hay is also breath. That's why hay represents the world of speech, which is malchus. Which what does that do? It takes the divine energy. And since it's coming through these five different restraining powers of speech, it channels one simple energy of God and it turns it into ten utterances. Like the mouth does. It chops it into, you have one breath of an idea. I'm excited to tell you something. I've really, it's all really one communication, one breath. But it becomes three sentences made up of, you know, of, of 90, 90 letters or 130 letters. And that's all chopped up this little bit into, into, these, into these words and into these elements. So what does that mean? The power of Malchus is that it, it, it chops up, it makes it small, and that's the power of Tzimtzum, contraction. So when we speak, we create a few little words, a lot of words, whatever. When God speaks, his words, his chopped up energies, create worlds, worlds and worlds and worlds. Like it's stated in the Zohar and the Idra. And that's why the world of speech is called Isha woman, Aish Hey. It's the Hey. It's the it's the it's the power of the Hey, which is the power to chop up divine energy. But what does it do? Once it chops it up and minimizes it and weakens it, 
the creations that are receiving from it, therefore feel separated from God. That's the point. But here's the idea. Once she goes ahead and creates the myriads of worlds, what might happen, God forbid, if there's no powerful fire over there? What might happen, God forbid? The worlds that are now created to be something and somebody, along with all the creatures who live in these worlds, who feel themselves very much, might just say goodbye and float, float off, like the generation of the flood. And like the generation of the dispersion. And like all of mankind during the days of Abraham. Until Avram came and started directing everybody back to God. Every, they were all, everybody was off to their own party. Everybody was off to their own thing. So once there is this symptom of malchus, where things become separated, the woman is, but what does that mean? What, what does that mean? The woman represents that separation. Because how did God create Chava? He separated her from Adam. So what's going to assure that this piece that he separated from Adam and made her into her own person? Goodbye. Goodbye, Charlie. She's off. She's marching as far as he'll never see her again. So what did God do? He created her that she has a desire for him. That's what it is. The woman has it, which was she called Isha. She has an the hay. The hay itself has an ish. What's its ish? It wants to go back to her to her source. That's why she doesn't run away. She wants to go back to her source. How does that translate into the divine? How does that translate into the divine element? The 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 the, the, the state of malchut, which creates the worlds to be separated from God. Luckily, Malchus is on fire. She wants to go back all the time. She's burning with a fever to be unified with her source. It's like the words of speech want to go back to the into the mouth of the speaker. They don't want to leave. They want to. They want to connect. But where does she get that fire? Why does she have that fire? That fire she gets from her husband. This is Kimi. In other words, the reason she is pulling towards him is because he's firing her up to pull towards him. And that's the concept that God is constantly feeding us this, this, this energy, like the tzitzis. What's the tzitzis? The tzitzis is the flow of the divine to pull us back. Or else we would, God forbid, be the runaway bride who's not showing up to her wedding. We're not coming back. In order that we should come back and, and connect and live a life of attachment, we need that fire. But where is she taking the ish hay, the fire that's in the hay that drives her back to her source? That comes from ish. In other words, in order for creations to yearn for reconnection, that's the bottom line. In order for creations to yearn for reconnection, which sometimes we don't see. Sometimes we see creations who are very happy being disconnected and doesn't even entertain their mind that there's something higher that they need to be connected to. But in order that, but that we know that's a very undesirable state, in order that we should maintain the, the fire to be connected, which is the idea of to your husband will be your longing. 
the the ish, which is Hashem, who is the man, provides us with that fire. So that's why, how does he provide us with that fire? Because he's also got a fire. His desire for us causes us to desire for him. Ish Yud, there is a fire in him, the Ish, which means male in 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 uh, man in Hebrew, versus Isha, which is female, woman. So the Ish Yud is what is pulling the Ish He. His fire is pulling her fire. And what's Yud? What did we say earlier? How does Malchus? have the power to be somebody and yet be bottle, which means wanting to surrender itself back to its source, it receives its Chachm. And that's what that's what Yud is. In God's name, what did we say earlier? Yud ke vavke. Hey is bina, Yud is Chachma. So the H from the Yud, from Chachma, Chachma above is transmitting Chachma below to keep the pole, to keep heaven and earth connected. That earth doesn't run away from heaven. And now, so the, he's saying an interesting idea. The way the lights of Chachma come down to Malchut is not directly from Chachma to Malchut. Um, it has to go through a state called Ish. Chachma is not called Ish. Chachma is the Yud. Ish is the Yud of Chachma that's already drawn down into the level called man. Who's that? That's the six emotions, which are masculine. When they have this, 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 this Chachma energy flowing through the six emotions, and the six emotions, they pass it into Malchut. The, emo, the, the, the point of Chachma flowing through the six emotional attributes, which is called Ish, from the ish, the yud gets to isha, and keeps the isha connected to the ish. Venimshach bepchinas ish huza, which is the zeirah, but which are the midos. Shubchinas midos shahadibur mekabel ma'amidos. Now we know that speech receives from the emotions, because what else is speech about if not for emotions? We learned it in Tanya just yesterday or today. Is that Every speech, every 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 uh, uh, um, sentence anybody always says is driven by some kind of an excitement, or else you wouldn't talk. Sometimes it, the excitement is very intense; that's emotional speech. Sometimes it's a little more in the background, but there's always some kind of an excitement that drives the speech, the emotional excitement. Ki agam da abayasidbrata, because even though he's asking the question, we said what earlier that chachma is the founding of the fa- of the daughter, father and daughter are connected. But the father and daughter are connected through this through the husband, through the through the ish. Chachma is a very abstract seichel. How does that go into Malchut? It says, First, the seichel, the yud, is mashpia, the chachma is mashpia into the emotions, and meaning influences the emotions. And then the emotions flow into speech. But since there is inside those emotions a little bit of the chachma, it creates that fire in the speech that the speech doesn't become disconnected. Okay, it doesn't become totally disconnected. It goes out and it always wants to come back. Um, we see literally for the fee is 
The more intense the emotions are, that's how you'll have energy to speak. If you're really passionate about, about something, it comes out in your speech with a lot of passion. If you don't care about something, then the speech is going to be very lousy, and very dead. Right? It needs... So we see, from the, once you have emotions, the emotions produce thoughts. The emotions create that you can't stop thinking about something. The thoughts are intense. And from the thought, it goes into deeper, into speech. Okay. So what do we have over here? There needs to be Malchus again. He's explaining the tzitzis. Let's not let's not lose away. Malchus is a state where creation is already creation, and Malchus supports a disconnected creation, and that's the concept. That's the world of the woman, the feminine world of Malchus. But we don't want the woman to stay single. We want her to get married, which means that the creation should yearn back. And that's the ish, the isha. In order for her to have that fire, she needs to receive a zinger fire from her husband, from from Chachma. How is that delivered? So the point of it is like this: Chachma delivers it since the the the, the experience, the, the the lights of Chachma are descend into the emotions. The emotions flows into speech. And that emotions that go into speech create the speech to have the fiery element that the speech wants to connect. So how does that work in terms of our lives? This is this is Kabbalah. How does it work in terms of Hasidus, which means an hour, an hour living experience? So he's saying like this: we are generally the entities of the Malchut. We are separated beings. We're not in a state of unification. Our consciousness is not in a constant state of attached consciousness. We're separate consciousness. And therefore, a lot of the time, we are like wishy-washy, where we stand. Sometimes we're more, less, right? Now, in order to keep us in the good zone, not in the bad zone, we need chachma energy to constantly flow to us. So how do we constantly connect to chachma? For that, we need mitzvahs. The Chachma is delivered to us through the mitzvahs. The Jew is the Malchut. The mitzvahs are the Ish, the man energy, because how many limbs are there in an Ish? 248. When we are doing mitzvahs, we're drawing down this Ish energy, that inside the Ish there is this kernel of Chachma. There is this little substance of Chachma that goes from Chachma directly, which is nothingness, it goes into the 248 mitzvot, which are the ish, the limbs. And from him, it's delivered to her. It's the idea. It's the idea that in a relationship, male and female relationship, husband and wife relationship, the man is really drawing the, the seminal energy from his brain, from his chachm. But it has to go through his body. All the verbatim, all the, all the vertebrae of the spine, which are connected to all 248 limbs of the person. And from there, it's transmitted to her. So that man, those limbs, that's the mitzvot. But what's really flowing in the mitzvot? The unknowable, unperceivable, absolute truth of, of God. And the energy to be completely nullified to him, which is the chachma. The chachma through the mitzvot. So in order to be a vibrant Jew, who's constantly yearning for deeper spiritual quest and desire, it's good to do extra mitzvot every day just for that purpose. That's why the Rebbe has always encouraged people that before you daven, give tzedakah. Do a mitzvah, do a mitzvah. Because a mitzvah provides you with the 
with the spiritual flow to enable you to pray, to be interested in praying. Your heart shouldn't become like completely checked out during prayer. Your heart should get into it. We want to want, we want to want to be connected. So fuel that. How do you fuel that? Through the mitzvahs. And therefore, these are the 248 um, commandments, which as the Zohar says, they are the Ramach, Evad, and the Malka. They are the 248 limbs of the king. Now he's going to explain why are 248 mitzvahs, the two, they are, how do they relate to the limbs of the king? There's a ramp in the ish element, the husband element, the emotional element has nine sefirot. Chabad, chagas, nehi, the nine sefirot. Not malchus, because malchus is already the female. So it's the nine sefirot of the zeirampin. Now those nine, so there are nine. How does it become 248? So he's explaining. Because those nine sefirot, each one has all nine inside of them. So nine times nine is 81. Once you have the 81, so really we can say we have 81 sefirot in the Zeir Because when you detail it, it's 81. And now in each sefirah, there is the beginning, the middle, and the end, for whatever reason. So now you make 81 times 3, from the beginning, the middle, and the end. So that's now 81 times 3 is 243. So we're getting very much closer to 248. Let's see how how we how we bridge the gap to two forty eight. We'll see in a minute. And test feed is the test. Each one has nine. Test palm and test nine times nine and pay aleph. These are eighty one. This is giving me a whole new insight I just had right now. The Rebbe, who was the ultimate man, came to America eighty one years ago. And now that we completed 81 years of the Rebbe coming to America, you have the full 248, the nine times nine, the full development of the limbs of Mashiach limbs to, to bring the gil. Okay, that's just a little commercial in the middle of the Mimer. My commercial. And Pe'alef, these are, this is, um, I'm, I'm 81. And every level, Yashlo Gimel B'chines has three levels. Roish toich and soif, beginning and middle and end. Imkein gimel pam and peyalef emreish mem gimel. Three times eighty-one is two hundred and forty-three. Hechasadem and then there are five powers that bring, cause these limbs to expand. Again, what exactly that means, I don't know. But we see this. It always says there's the five powers that are open up and cause them all to expand. Sure, one day we'll come across an explanation to it. Also possible that we had that I had an explanation over the years, but I forgot already. So that brings you to 248. So once a Jew down here below, who is an entity of Malchus, he's we are the the wife of Hashem. We are the 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 female. When we, however, draw him to us through his 248 tangible limbs, which are the mitzvot, which inside of them flows the highest level of the sefirot, which is the chachma, which is the recipient of the orange self. That's the way the orange self is, tickles our soul and pulls us with an excitement back to him. Shehu isha, it's drawn, shehei isha, it, it will 
it will provide that we should be a woman. Which is what? A shay. The woman meaning a fire of the hay. The hay has a fire. I know. Here he doesn't talk so much in terms of yearning, more in terms of the woman who is devoted and dedicated to her husband. And she puts her husband before her. And that would mean in our life that we should put God before ourselves. That we have the bittel, the nullification of our something. And we should have the ability to rise from below, from our earthy selves, to, to higher to higher spiritual pursuits and our higher connections. So that we should become made avaya, we should become, we should be a lamp. What's the lamp? The woman is the fire, is the flame, is the nair. That's why women are the ones who light the Shabbos candles, because they are the nair. Now, what's a nair? A nair is 248. The word nair is 250. Nair is gematria 250. So why is it 248 plus two? What's the two? The two are the two hands of the husband that are pulling her. And in other words, on her own, she wouldn't be that fire. She's that fire because the husband is pulling her and that's why she's flaming towards her husband. So there's her 248 plus the two hands. Uh, so in order for us to be a nerashem nishmas adam, for us to be a constant, a constant quest for godliness, that our divine flame should shine, we need the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are the 202 arms of Hashem, which really is 248, but coming through his two arms to the two, to, 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 to pull us all the time back to him. Look in that mimer, over there he explains that through a mitzvah, that's how we have the power to have the koach to be a, to be a divine lamp. That's explained that Yaakov needs to have truth delivered to him. Hashem delivers the truth to us through the mitzvahs. Many discourses that talk about, we say, you are my lamp. That means in order for I to be a lamp, I need you to, Hashem, I need my husband in this case, to constantly, constantly fire me up. And when do you become a nair? When the 248 limbs. So you see, earlier I was telling you that the 248 limbs are her limbs. Adding two are his two hands. In right over here, and this Samach brings that. Sometimes the Chassidus explains it that way. Over here, it explains it that the that the nair, when the is the consequence. When does she become a nair, a flame? When his two hundred and forty-eight limbs, which are the two hundred and forty-eight mitzvahs, are drawn to her, which creates a reciprocal desire for her for her to remain connected to him. Because now it's added his two arms. And added in addition to the 248, there's also the two arms, his two hands. So the Tzemach Tzedek asks the question, what do you mean? In addition to 248, there's his two arms. His two arms are part of the 248. Because 248 includes the arms. So because of that, I saw, again, I remember this, I didn't check it up again 
recent in the last few days. I saw this when I was preparing the share last week, Thursday. That's why the Tzemach Tzedek says that in another place it explains that the 248 are her and the two hands are his two arms pulling her. Like we say in the Zemiro, the Friday night, Yamina Usmala, there's the right hand and the left hand, Ubeineyu, and between the two arms, Kala is the bride. That means he's pulling his bride towards him with his two arms. Um, um, oh, no, he brings the question here. I thought it's in the... The Imkain Inkan Ramachevarim, that you don't have 248. Because if you're counting the two the two arms separately, then there's no 248, it's only 246. Because in the human being, and we're saying the divine is similar to us, or we are similar to up there. By, by a human being, the 248, Hem Im they count the hands as well. He, over there, he explains it a great length, but the final part is lacking, that Tzemach Selik says. In which is Arizal, in the portal of Shabbos. This is the, the see, I thought it's written somewhere else, but it's written here in the Mimer itself. The Ner are the 248 limbs of her, of the Malchus. With his two arms. So his two arms are encircling her, that's when we can be a nair. Like we said earlier. So what is he just showing us from here? That the point of, that's the concept of the, because this is all a lead up to explain the tzitzis. Why we wear tzitzis is so that we should remain a wife to God. Even though women don't wear it. But the, we're looking at the men over here as as part of the wife element to God, and 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 that, and this is a and this is so the tzitzis is his and the tzitzis like conclude all the mitzvahs. In the mitzvahs is this flow of energy to bring us back. Obira davar and the explanation of the matter. Now, now he's going to explain why do you need two arms of God? In order to, why do we say that the dominating factor in the in the two hundred and forty eight limbs of the king is another two limbs, which is the right arm and the left arm? Well, say two forty eight. How does it become near two fifty? Reish and Nun is two fifty. How does it become two fifty? Because you add two arms. That means that the arms are very important in the mitzvahs. He's now going to explain why the arms, the two hands of God, are very important in the mitzvah. Because what's the right hand? Chesed. What's the left hand? Gevura. Explains like this. The, the very general idea of all the mitzvot is to extend God's hand to us. Extend the flow of divine revelation. What excites us to get connected to him when we feel him? When we feel his incredible sweetness, the unbelievable deliciousness of the of the of the infinite light, when it starts to pour down on us, it pulls us in, it sucks us in. So you need the right arm. That's revelation. That's chesed. The problem is, if there will be too much light, it will cancel us completely. It will cancel the woman completely. So at the same time that there is revelation, there also has to be restraint. 
and only with the with this proper balance of revelation and restraint of 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 yeah and no the charge in the in the in the in the in the electric pulse of plus and minus the the, the, the yeah and the no together create the the, the that that attachment since you're withdrawing down through the mitzvahs, withdrawing down or in self, withdrawing down the infinite below, or yahakol bottle by or then everything would be cancelled. Then there couldn't be the world would not be a yesh, the world would not come out to be a something. That's why when the light comes down, it needs to it needs to go. It has to be a, a, a what do they call it? A, 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 a yin and a yan? What's the word? In, in, uh, what is it? In, in, in the, two, the two opposites. After the expansion or pullback. And these are his two hands. His left hand is beneath my head. The left hand holds back. The yeminoit chapkeni and his right hand embraces me. Therefore, that's why amongst the Jewish people, there are Gimel B'chinois, Kohanim. Kohanim are the right hand of God. There is the Levian, they represent the left hand. And Yisrael, that's the bride that's in between. In between the two arms is the Yisrael. So you have Koyen Levi Yisrael. Now he takes it another step. Now that we have a general idea what the tzitzis are, the blueness of the tzitzis is coming from the lights of Chachma. And it's that only that lights of Chachma that keep us connected and everything. But why is it coming down? If it's Chachma, a revelation of Chachma, why in streams? What's the significance of it being these strings, these strands? He's going to explain that really the strings represent the, the, God's hair. That's what it is. It's it, The strings are literally, the strings of the tzitzah Hashem's hair. How does a God's hair come into this? So the, the next part of the mimer is going to explain that, yeah, in order to bring nullif- surrender and nullification, even in a place of ego, you need Chachma to transmit its utter nullification down into Malchus. But to inspire Chachma to come down into Malchus, that's from an energy that's higher than Chachma. That's the lights of Keser. And the lights of Keser, which are pure, the real in- or in self, not the experience of the Ain Sof from within creation. But the pure Ain Sof itself, that's the, that's the Keter. Because it's Ain Sof, it's infinite, nothing can ever emerge from there unless it's going through these narrow, narrow strands called here. So that's the point. In order to bring the Tchelas, which is the energy, the Gavura of Chachma, down here below, it has to come through strings because the strings are the energies of Keter that are enabling Chachma's Communication to Malchus. That's the idea where we're going now to. He's going to explain that concept of the divine here. In order for the Orin Sof itself to come into Chachma, 
And even though we say about God that he is wise, but not with a definable, a, 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 a knowable Chachma, so even though we're dealing with that Hashem we say is Chachem, but even that, God is infinitely beyond being Chachma. Hashem is beyond Chachma. The Nikra, Erech Ampin, and that's called Erechampin. And from the and, a, and from that level to come into Chachma, it can only be Mibchinas Sa'orois. It can only come from the here. Well, Marshal Sa'orois and the concept of why it's called here, Shema Magid, this is the name of the Alter Rebbe's Rebbe, the Mesritcher Magid, the Rebbe Be'enish Ma'asein. They here represent two things. Number one, why is the hair so much around the head? Why, around, why does the head get the most hair? The answer is because the head is the busiest part of the body. The head has got most of the energy. And when there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of influx of energy. What's the hair? The hair is almost like where the extra energy of the head leaks into the hair. It's protruding outward. But we understand that the, that the brain energy that goes into the hair is two things. Number one, it's not... It's not rooted in the inner, inner, inner activity of the brain. It's more the outer activity of the brain, meaning the more external element of the mind, not the inner entity of the mind. Secondly, even the external element of the of the mind, of the brain, which is coming in the air, it can only come in here. Means that I can only. It's only a tiny little, very, 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 very minuscule flow. And that's the concept that is trying to emphasize that when we're coming, when we're trying to plug into a level that's beyond all the sephirot that attributes, it's the orient self itself. Number one, it can, it can only be through a here, which indicates two things. Number one, it's only from the external of the orient self. And even that only so, 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 so minuscule. As he says, it doesn't affect the the brain itself or the mind itself. It doesn't doesn't and the proof. If you cut a hair, the reason why you can cut a hair and it doesn't hurt, nevertheless, but they're still attached to the brain. When they're still on the head, when a hair falls off, it's not deriving anymore. But the hair is on the head. Through this kind of like mist that goes up from the brain, some kind of something of that, I don't know what it's called, aid, some kind of, and that, aid is usually translated as a mist, something that, that kind of what, 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 what the energy that goes into the hair. So in order for God's infinite light to even enter into Chachma, Number one, it's the most external of the infinite. That which doesn't affect or doesn't, it's not like a considerable chunk of atzmos of the of Hashem's self. It doesn't have anything. It's an it's it's external of external. Why? Because to God Himself, creation is a non-entity. He is alone before He created. That means that the the whole creation is coming from this empowered from the from the from the from Chachma is the is the is the is the uh, 
Chachma is the powerhouse where all the energy of the cosmos is from Chachma. So, but what's feeding into Chachma? Nothing. One hair. Since it's only one hair of God that's feeding into Chachma, so therefore, Tashem, the whole creation and, every, and all the consequential worlds that come through this whole paradigm of spirit that attributes and worlds and so it's all it's all nothing. So much so that we can say that you are before you created the world and you're exactly the same after you created because nothing changed because whatever was created is absolutely nothing from the eyes of the of the purely infinite. It doesn't occupy any space at all on his radar. Um, and what does it occupy? Doesn't it, from the from from the very essential value of everything? It's all nothing. It it doesn't it, it doesn't matter whether the, the all the angels are subservient to him and all the souls are subservient to him or they're not. It's irrelevant because it's because the whole project is a non-entity. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't care. He cares because he chooses to care, not because of its essential value. Essentially, it's all nothing, absolute nothing. Then he willfully, on his own, chooses to make it important. And then when it's important, it's very important. So on its own, we say that what? That the worlds are nothing. And therefore, the nullification of the angels, and souls. If they are nullified to him, it doesn't touch him at all. So, and therefore, whatever does come from him to them is only through the hair. It's from the most leftover of the, of the moichen. They still nash. They're still deriving energy from his very essence. It means it's coming, on the one hand, it's yeah, coming from him. On the other hand, it's so it's through a hair follicle. That's the idea. Where's hair from? Hair is coming from the skull that's above the moyach. Because through the hair, God descends into a state of being chachma. And what do they here do? Just like from one head comes millions, millions, I don't know exactly, and I've never done a a Google search on this. How many hair does an average person have on their head? Sure, you can Google it. There's some kind of an estimate for that. Um, But above, it's like the reason Hashem is also a head full of hair. What does that mean? That all the hairs that there are that are drawn represent variations. Once the energy is no more simple, but the energy is similar to what we spoke about speech. Once the letters become chopped up, they become all kinds of different forms of letters. So is the orange self flows into a gazillion different types of, of worlds that are created from him. Each one comprehending, understanding, appreciating the divine flow differently. Based on its perspective, based on its the way it's designed, which which results in myriads of levels. Like the Rambam says, the Rambam refers to all these angels as separate um, intellects. What does that mean? 
that angels are not beings like they make to try to make pictures of them flying beings little babies with with uh with wings that's not angels that's that's uh that's a very coarse depiction of angels angels are spiritual beings spirit doesn't occupy space so then how do you differentiate one angel from another angel with what not with the not the not the, the space of time the, the, it's 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 how they understand each one is separates from the other because each one has a different comprehension in the divine and that's what defines their their being one it's like a whole bunch of ideas angels are like ideas concepts different concepts in this case it's beings who have a different comprehension in God. That's what makes, and as he says, the how will one angel be different than the other? If not for its grasping, each one differently. An angel doesn't have a body, doesn't have a physical space. And similar to that is the whole difference that there is from one world to the other. But all these worlds we speak, we speak. See, first he's speaking about the inhabitants of the world, what differentiates one with the other. But then he's speaking about the general different worlds that exist. What makes them different? Each one is specifically feeding off different here. It has to do with this here element. Somehow he's explaining how these hearers of Keser end up going all the way down into Malchus because Malchus is the place where the actual creations happen. And at least So what does this all tell you? In order that they ultimately should be any hamshachaf from Chachma all the way into Malchus, that's why it's coming through here. It should be to you to Tzitzis. What does that mean? I know Kanal He said earlier in the Maimon we learned last week. Since that there are creatures and beings who bittle is very not good for them. Because if they experience bittle, it destroys them. Entities and beings that are meant to be separated from God, and therefore, if they're not separated, if they if they experience a a a a, 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 a revelation that 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 makes them too divine conscious. Then they have no purpose in existing anymore. They lose it. They, they, they. Last week I gave a whole a whole discussion about it. How you how to be enjoying the nullification, not to be upset in the nullification, not that it destroys you. You're thriving the nullification, and that's only a wife. A wife is cut out for her husband. That even though she's not going to necessarily always have it way she wants it, but she she does what he wants with enjoyment. Obviously, his his care for her is also on the same level. That's a couple. They thrive in each other's happiness. And they don't see it as a threat and as an encroachment and a destruction of their being. They feel fulfilled in being in, in the foregoing for the other. They feel the fulfillment. 
So the Jewish soul is made to be that way. And that's, so the tzitzis, that's what the emphasis he's saying. Since through the tzitzis, God is bringing us into our wifishness, into our, for us to be wifed, wifed, or Wi-Fi is a good thing over here, um, to be in wifed, um, since the tzitzis is what's bringing that, so the, God says, I can't give the tzitzis to everybody. Others will be electrocuted by the tzitzis. I give them a dose of energy of techeles. That's that. Okay. I'll give them these special divine hair. Basically, what we're really saying is God is extending his hair into us. And, and that, and that's that, that's where that fire tra- travels to keep us to be an A-Shea. But for others, it will destroy us. It will destroy them. But for the Jewish people, no. You can handle it. You will see them. You will see it. When you say the you will see him. Who who you seeing? You're seeing God through your tzitzis. Simply, it means you will see the tzitzis. You're seeing him because this is his hair. The hair of his head is like white. In in Daniel, when it says about God's hair. It says it's like white wool. It's exactly this, white wool. Now, hold it. Now it's blue. Okay, we said. Well, most of them are white. And in today's days, we only wear white. But hold it. How, do, how, how does God's hair that's white become blue? Uh, God. And we know that Hashem wasn't necessarily hanging out on Melrose. That he got his hair dyed blue. What does that mean? So what does that mean? So the point over here is that uh, tzitzis are initially, even the blue, even the blue dye on the tzitzis is initially white. You have to take white wool and then dye it blue. So that's the same thing. The initial hairs of God, of the, of the ancient, are pure white. But when they come down into Malchus and they, and, and they, and they, and they bring in a little bit of this electrocuting energy, to 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 bring to 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 burn up the creations to be nullified to him, so that's when it, that's called the blue dye. That's when it's becoming the white fire is now taking on a blueness, which, as we said earlier, on a flame. It's from the wick burning up in the fire that creates the dark fire. We surrendering and burning up at Hashem. That's the vayilachem l'tzitzis. Okay. To really continue, I'm so exhausted and I have a big shop that's coming ahead of me. I really wanted to finish this. So this is what we're going to do. Next week, I want to teach already another mime. Pachas Chukas. Korach, I didn't have what to teach because Korach, we had already finished all the discourses. But Chukas, I think I do have. So we have to take another night next week. Won't be able to be till Tuesday. And to finish this, because I don't want to have to do this on Thursday. I want to be able to finish it then.
interesting over here with Khartam is coming. It's a fascinating discussion, but I just don't have the energy to move it. So we shall do that. And the truth is, the next piece, Ani Hashem Lokechem, is only one, is anyways in a continuation. If that's the case, it will anyways take us another class. Because even if I would finish over here, I would still have Nimshach, Rishanel, Ani Hashem Lokechem, still all this. Okay. At Kan Hakafa Base. Short class for Thursday. Wow.